Hello, and welcome back to Dr. Quackers, and today we're going to be reviewing Game of Thrones Season 3. For some reason, I keep taking huge breaks between my reviews for Game of Thrones. Uh, fortunately, the show is still really good at this season, so we will continue on with the reviews. This still continues a lot of the great parts of the past season. In fact, Tywin Lannister has some great scenes in the whole show. Um, it, oh, it's just so so great in this season especially how he controls the seven kingdoms with sheer will and fear he puts into the characters it's oh, i love charles dance is oh, so great as tywin and I, I i you can see how much charles dance uh, enjoys playing this character how much he likes the character and you know what i, I fucking love he's a lot of people think he's an asshole and he, he is okay but he he's one of my favorites just, I really like the Lannisters. They're one of them. They're they're just like this dirty family, but they stay in power because they just know how to play that game. And they know how to get what they want from anyone when they need to. Same with Jamie and uh, Tyrion. And what's cool about the Lannisters is how different each of them are from each other, but of how great they mesh together in scenes. There's a lot of awesome scenes and power dynamics between Tyrion and Tywin. It's just great i love watching it every time it's part of the reasons why i used to re-watch the show so many times i i can't tell you how many times i've seen the the first six seasons of this show the last two seasons i haven't i've only watched the last season one time and i've only seen season seven twice and i only rewatched season seven so i could remember everything for eight so it just kind of shows you how great this is. I, I could be pretty stingy when it comes to TV shows, to be honest with you. Um, I'm much more of a movie guy. I can be very hit or miss with TV shows because I, I hate getting super invested in a TV show just for the next season to shit on the previous season. But it's just, the first three seasons of Game of Thrones are just some of the best TV shows, like any sort of TV you could ever watch. And I highly recommend it. Um, it also continues the great relationship between Varys and Tyrion. I love how Varys plays a much stronger role in how the events of the, sh uh, events of the show go. He gets really into the nitty-gritty in terms of like him trying to undercut Littlefinger and trying to manipulate Sansa, because now Sansa's the key to the North. Um, yeah, it's just great. It really shows how powerful Whispers can be, because he's the Lord of Whispers, or the Master of Whispers. And it's just great. I love seeing his dynamic with Tyrion once again. Um, you really see the respect that Varys has for Tyrion and how much he puts him up in terms of respect and how much power or how useful he thinks Tyrion could be if he was given the right resources and the right person to rule with. Um, and it's just really interesting to see that dynamic. And it's, it's another one of those great uh, dynamics of the show alongside Tywin and Tyrion. Um, Lady Tyrell is also a great addition to the dynamic of the show. So in the last season, um, the Lannisters sided with the Tyrells after Renly Baratheon was killed and Lady Marjorie and um, the, uh, the Knight of Flowers. They then are no longer with Renly, so they then bring them into the fold and they uh, defeat uh, Stannis at the Battle of the Blackwater. So she, uh, the Tyrells are now deeply involved in terms of the re and the dynamic of the actual kingdom and uh, the royals themselves. But yeah, uh, Diana Rigg, who was best known for uh, playing a Bond girl, Octopussy. Um, I'm a huge James Bond fan, so I immediately recognized her when I first watched her. Um, but yeah, she's she's 
wow. Like, I, so one of the things I really give the show is they make, no matter who you are, they can make really strong characters. And she's definitely one of my favorite, like, female characters in the show, even just characters in general. But the way that they use, so the reason why I'm, I'm referring to her gender more in this one is because they really show the dynamic between men and women and the different ways that they hold power. And Lady Tyrell, and who's a much older woman in this show, she just she's kind of at that stage where she doesn't care about like what other people say because she realizes like how women fit into the land and how men are, and she very much holds a, a high standard if you're going to approach her and try and talk to her or try to make her agree with something. The only person that ever like makes her, I guess you would say, fold is. I don't know if that's the best way to do it. She just essentially agrees because she's basically strong-armed to it. Um, and she actually respects this character very much for that reason. And it's Tywin. And their one scene together in the season is fantastic. Um, but yeah, she's a great addition. And definitely look forward to seeing more of her again. <laughs> um, season 4, I think, having some of her uh, better scenes. But no argument about it this She's definitely one of the best characters in the season. Uh, the music is still fantastic. Definitely one of the best scores for any TV show. The special effects are getting better and better, specifically with the dragons, with Daenerys. Um, yeah, it just they're mainly it's mainly due to the fact that the budget is getting bigger every season. So you just get that like movie level special effects getting closer and closer to it. And it's pretty close now. I this season definitely looks better than a lot of movies I could probably tell you in terms of special effects. Uh, the action is a little less this season, and I'm okay with that. Um, one of, the action was never what made me love the show anyway. Um, it's a great addition, but it's like the cherry on top. There is still fighting and violence, obviously. Game, it's Game of Thrones. That's what it's mainly known for. Um, but there isn't any big battles if you were looking for another Blackwater scene. Now, there are um, some mini battles, like the Red Wedding... Um, there's the scene with uh, Danny you know, when she uh, destroys Volantis. Um, yeah, well, not uh, not Volantis. Yeah. It, anyway, uh, when she acquires the Unsullied. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's great. There's a lot of great action in it. I mean, there's a lot of beheadings and there's many battles in between them. Um, but yeah, uh, it's the action's still really good. It's just not. It doesn't have any big battles. If that's what you came back for the season four. Like, you wanted something from, like, season two again. It, that is, that's not what this season is mainly about. It's more about the dynamic and how each one's trying to outdo each other. The remaining kings from the Clash of Kings. This season has my favorite part of John's, uh, Jon Snow's arc. Uh, John meets Mance Raider, who is the king beyond the wall. And meets his first love, Egret, who I actually... Um, the two act uh, the two actors are actually married in real life, so I think that's uh, their chemistry is fantastic and it's really enjoyable to watch. And it was one of my favorite things to catch up on in season three. So John, he kind of has like a slow burn in the first two seasons where it's like okay, but I kind of want to go back and see more of like the exciting parts of the story. But this is where John's arc really picks up because this is him like becoming like a man and becoming like his. Uh, his person's like solidifying into who he is, and I think that's why his side can be a lot more interesting than some others. Uh, like Bran, I don't really care for his arc as much in this one. It's just I don't know, it's not as interesting to me. So John 
he's just it's just great uh you see him working with the wildlings to get back over the wall because like in the last season he went with uh, the men of the night's watch beyond the wall um to face the threat and see what was going on the stuff like the white walkers um yeah you you actually get to see a uh, death of a white walker this season samuel um samuel Tarly. he uh protects um gilly and the and her baby from a white walker and he stabs with dragonglass you find out that Dragonglass can kill wild, uh, White Walkers. Uh, you also get to see how much influence Eddard had on John as a person. Um, so eventually, when they get back over the wall this season, John is, uh, feels honor bound to go back to the Man of the Night's Watch. He swore an oath, and he was going to go back to what he what he needed to do. And that's kind of where. Um, Ygritte and John essentially separate, where they still love each other, and she, they definitely do, but that's where they start to drift apart, is there. And she's extremely pissed and tries to kill him. She shoots him full of fucking arrows um, as he's running away on a horse. So, yeah, it's, 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 uh, yeah, he's just got one of the better, better arcs of the show, and I really like, I really like Kit Harrington. Um, I think he's a good actor. I know some people don't really care for John, but I legitimately do like John, and I think it's because of this season that I really started to like him. Uh, this season also has one of the biggest punches, uh, biggest gut punches, I should say, in the show. The Red Wedding is a lot of fans' most emotional scene. Uh, it's one of my favorite parts of the show, and it drives home the rules of the show. It brings a new kind of villain into the show, and it also adds to Arya's arc. So, The Red Wedding, in case you don't know, uh, spoilers. Uh, I know there's been spoilers already, but this one's a big, big spoiler. Um, Rob Stark and his mother and all of the other lords that fought with Rob are murdered at um, Lord Edmure's wedding with uh, Wal Walder Frey's daughter, who uh, Rob was supposed to marry. So they get married to the uncle, and during the wedding, um, the Boltons and the Freys uh, kill everybody at the wedding ceremony. And it's in the Lannister with the Lannisters after Jamie. Uh, you don't ever see it, but you you find out that Tywin um, brokered a treaty with the Boltons to betray uh, the Starks, and it's just great. <laughs> um, so yeah, everyone everyone's gets, gets killed. Rob's wife, uh, his his baby, he's, he's obviously killed because the mom is dead. Um, obviously, his mother, Lady Stark, she's she's killed. Catelyn dead. Uh, yeah, and Arya um, was actually headed there with the Hound to go back to her family. And she's ultimately gets to see her brother's body being mutilated and his head was decapitated. And they put Grey Wind's head, his uh, dire wolf, on top of his body and marched him around the camp. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a real big emotional gut punch to a lot of fans. Especially since a lot of fans really liked Rob. And Rob had a pretty good arc. Um, but because he, you know, didn't do what he needed to do and he didn't know how to play the game or very well because he was too honorable like his father, he was killed. You can't, you can't be that good. You can't be all good and survive in the show. So yeah, I, it's, it's definitely one of the best scenes and I, I just love how it drives home that message. Uh, my favorite arc of this whole season is Jamie Lannister. It is fantastic. So... Jamie and Brienne Tarth are headed back to King's Landing after uh, Brienne was charged 
by uh, Catelyn Stark to take him back to King's Landing so Jamie would send back her two daughters, um, not knowing that Arya wasn't there. Um, so it's it's kind of a, a useless message, but either way, they don't know that, so it still doesn't really do anything to the actual story itself. Um, but yeah, so he's then captured by the Boltons with uh, Brianna Tarth, and you see him kind of change, at least in how cocky he is. Um, he has a big mouth, to be fair. And it's mainly due to the fact that how Brienne treats him. She treats him like she sneers at him. She she thinks him of very little respect and regard due to the fact that he had killed uh, his king because he was a king's guard, um, the the Mad King. So during the whole thing with the uh, with Rast, none of Rast, uh, Locke. That's the the guy's name that works with the Bolton. So uh, uh, Roose Bolton's lieutenant Locke. He captures them and he finds them on a road. And during that time, they try to, a spoiler, uh, trigger warning if anyone's affected by um, essay or whatever, whatever we're supposed to say. I'm not entirely sure. But um, they, they try to rape Brianna Tarth because she's, I guess, an unusual woman due to the fact of her size. So they want to rape her and see what it's like to have sex with a big woman. And you see Jamie ta- uh, basically trick him into saying that uh, she is Brianna Tarth, and Tarth is the, uh, the Sapphire Isles. And the reason he says the reason why they call it the Sapphire Isles is that all sapphires in Westeros come from there. But in fact, it has to do with the blue of the water, and has nothing to do with the actual gemstone. Um, so he tricks Locke, and they let her go, and then he he overplays his hand um, by mentioning like, hey, like. You know, my father would pay the most, and it's better to, you know, pick the winning side than the honorable side. Um, so, yeah, and, and then you see Locke let him go, and then he keeps pressing. He's like, hey, could you take my chains off? Hey, again, like, can I have some of that food? Hey, can you find me a table? And it pisses Locke off. So he, he basically holds his chains down on a wood stump and chops off his, his sword hand, his right hand. And that's where you see Jamie kind of break a little bit as a person, you see his, um, he goes, he basically secludes into himself and that whole persona he had that he would show everybody and how confident, and how cocky and like the whole arrogance around him kind of goes away after that. Um, cause now he knows he, he can't really be used as much as a de- as a deflection or as a defense. And you get to see him in Brienne and there's, they have a scene together where, um, she like looks at him with contempt and he's like, you know what? I'm so fucking sick of people looking at me, looking at me like that. And he goes into like, um, he asks her a, more, a question. He's like, would you, would you listen to Renly? If Renly told you to kill your father and to let million, like almost a million people burn, burn to death in their homes where they're standing with their kids and their, and their loved ones. And he's just like, or would you put a sword in his back to, you know, protect your father? The king asked me to chop my father's head off and bring it before him. And you get to see how emotional he was and actually how much of a a good person he wants to be because the only reason why he did it was because he wanted to protect the people of King's Landing. It had nothing to do with him trying to give himself a higher power. It had nothing to do with him not wanting to to die. It it solely had to do with the fact that he felt honor-bound to protect the people of Westeros. And it's just... It's a great scene. 
it's I love Jamie. Jamie's my favorite. Um, same with Tywin. They're they're my two favorites, most likely. <laughs> and I just, it's great. It's a great scene. One of the best in the show. And I highly recommend. Even if you've never watched the show, just in in you own bit because the ending's bad. Just just watch these three seasons, man. Like I promise, it's a great show. And if you can watch these three seasons and still hate it, okay, whatever. Then then, then stop. But God damn. This season's still so good. The show's still so good. And it's why the, the show was, got to the level it did. And yeah, I mean. So, I'm going to give this, this season of Game of Thrones a 9 out of 10. It's so good. One of the best shows you can watch on television. I still think it's just not as good as the second season. I think the dynamic of Tyrion and the King's Landing and the whole Battle of, uh, the battle of Blackwater... And the whole dynamic with him and Joffrey, it just it just hits a little bit like a smidgen harder. Um, and I think the reason why that the point goes down a little bit for me is because Bran's arc in this, he's just so fucking boring. I never really liked Bran. It's just his so it's such a slow, boring story most of the time. It's just him like I'm a cripple, so now I'm gonna do like ward shit. I don't know. It's just not as interesting to me, and it's super boring. So that's why that that. One point goes down, but the rest of it's so good that it oh, you gotta watch it. So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I know this one's a little bit longer than usually I go, but yeah, um, I have an Instagram page if you'd like to reach out to me. Uh, it's Dr. Quacker's Movie Reviews. If you want to send me a compliment, tell me I'm a fucking moron, I'm down for whatever. <laughs> uh, I post some stuff you wouldn't necessarily hear me talk about on here. I talk about like stand up comedy and stuff like that, um, but yeah, if you want to. We'll go over there. Go right ahead. Um, if you would like to learn about my sponsor, Viking Fitness, stay tuned. Hey guys, I want to take a minute and talk about fitness. Are you looking to get back into shape or take your fitness to the next level? If so, go to vikingfitnessnh.com. With Viking Fitness, your plan is created by a certified professional specifically for you and only you. No cookie cutter plans, period. You will be provided with detailed information on how to train your body and how to fuel it correctly so you can achieve your goals. With Viking Fitness, you can get quality distance coaching, video check-ins, and access to an entire community for a very affordable price and no bullshit. Go to vikingfitnessnh.com or call 603-393-7528. And again, that's 603-393-7528 today. Thank you.